Voga Online Radio, your inspiration radio station. You are listening to Voga Online Radio, and the name of the show is The Law Report with Togozani. It's that time of the week, the time of the day. It's time for The Law Report, and today we're talking about vaccination at the workplace. This show is all about the law, the rules, the legal, and stuff like that. And what about the vaccination at the workplace? The legal question we're talking about is can an employer make it compulsory for the employee to vaccinate? So no jab, no job. And if the answer is yes, what are the acceptable legal defenses for the employee to use at a disciplinary hearing whereby they've been called for failure to show up at a vaccination center? Can the employee use the defense such as I have a right to my religion and my religion says I shouldn't take the vaccine? Can employee even say this is my body so I'll rely on my section 12 right, the right to bodily integrity or they can just say well I have a choice and I choose not to take the vaccine I have a right to freedom of choice. Well. I am not alone today. To help me unpack today's topic, I'm joined by Mr. Toto Keza. Toto is passionate about South African labor law relations with many years of experience from serving in task teams, boards, and establishing himself as a force. He's a founder and CEO of Keza Advisory Services. He serves as an executive chairman at the Skills Indava chairman of the management of the SOS Children's Village. Mr. Toto Keza, it's good to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Mr. Lada, and, and good morning, and good morning to your listeners. Well, it's nice to have you today, and if you would like to take part in today's show, it's easy. Other than just chanting, I won't vaccinate, I won't vaccinate, I won't vaccinate, you can share your views, questions, even drop us a voice note on our WhatsApp on Vuga Online Radio WhatsApp line, which is 068-044-2749, 068-044-2749. And if you're on Facebook, you can just search for us is Vuga Online Radio and drop us a comment. And if you're on Twitter, just search for Vuga Online Radio and start following us. We most likely will follow you back as well. Uh, For now, let's go on an ad break. And when we come back, I want to ask our labor law expert whether there is any law or regulation in South Africa giving the employer the power to force their staff to vaccinate. Simply You are still listening to The Law Report with Togozani on Vuga Online Radio. you can join us on 068-044-2749 on our WhatsApp line and leave your comment or hopefully and and get to get some nuance legal knowledge on vaccination at the workplace today. Mr. Todokeza, just to begin with, is there any law or regulation in South Africa giving the employer the power to compel their staff to vaccinate? Um I'm afraid I would have to say yes, uh, Mr. Glada. Uh, on the 11th of June, 2021, uh, the Department of Employment and Labor 
uh, issued a directive. And this directive was uh, more along the lines of occupational health and safety. Um, This directive then permits uh, any employer to implement uh, the development of a policy and this policy would um, make a vaccination mandatory uh, for all employees. But however, there are uh, subjects to uh, issues that the employer would have to do to make sure that um, uh, the policy development uh, encompasses all the necessary protocols. Uh, for instance, uh, there needs to be a risk assessment uh, as to uh, what calls, what, 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 what uh, convinces the employer that there is a need for such a mandatory vaccination exercise. So an assessment would have to be made. And and second of all, once that assessment has been made, then um, there must be then the development of of that policy. And then that policy, in terms of that directive, I think it's directive 3.1, if if, if my mind serves me correct, then it would um, assist the employer then to make it mandatory. And there's also uh, two things uh, further to that that the employer would have to do in terms of that direction is that how um, the the mandatory vaccination uh, is related to the operational requirements uh, of the business of of, of the employer. And also the policy would have or the assessment would have to um, say uh, loudly and clear as to um, the category of employees that would have to be uh, vaccinated. So uh, to uh, answer your, your question um, in a short uh, manner, yes, there is a regulation uh, that uh, gives employers uh, permission to be able to uh, man- mandate or mandate employees to uh, be vaccinated. Well, my second question to that then will be follow up because if they are allowed, they are permissible to make it mandatory, well, then they will have to then come up with a policy that is applicable to all employees. Well, we know that some people, and we've seen this on so many websites, um, different social media accounts, people saying different stuff, you know, some against taking of the vaccine. Well, we know that there will be employees who are saying, well, my church or whatever religion basis they will rely on, but they will just say, I won't pitch up at the vaccination center. And some will even say, I have a right to bodily integrity. Well, some of those defenses, do you think as a labor lawyer um, will hold water? Um, as, as you have correctly uh, highlighted, the, the objections or the points where um, employees might uh, raise uh, objections to vaccination, uh, those um, uh, are normal um, defenses that one would get to in, 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 in issues of this instance. Uh, as you have raised, Section 12 of our Constitution uh, provides for um, no interference that is unreasonable. Uh, to our body or bodily integrity. Now, however, uh, in terms of this directive, if we were to go back to the directive itself, it also raises two instances where one or an employee may raise an objection, and one of which is a medical condition, 
um, and the second of which would be the bodily integrity. If now we were to start with the one that you have asked, the body, the right to bodily integrity, um, the Department of Labor, uh, in, in this instance, urges the employers uh, to make sure that they respect this right uh, of bodily integrity. In other words, uh, in their process of doing their assessment, in their process of uh, developing a framework to implement such a policy, there must be a consultation, there must be a, a sense of mutual respect, there must be a balance uh, that would be that would have been struck between uh, one, the rights, the protected rights of employees, uh, and, and two, uh, the imperative that is there uh, of public health, um, that um, everyone uh, must be protected from uh, by the state in this instance. And the third, the third leg would be uh, there must be a balance also that considers the operational requirements of the employer's um, operation. So, um, in, 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 in other words, uh, the right to bodily integrity is just like any other right that we, we hold or we have that, that is enshrined in the Constitution uh, is subject to certain limitations. Uh, Section 36.1 of the Constitution uh, provides that um, those rights sometimes may be limited and may be limited to the extent that uh, as long as the limitation is reasonable and justifiable. Uh, based on, say, for instance, human dignity, equality, uh, and also the importance of the peoples of the limitation, as in this, in this instance, the issue of public health and the, the pandemic that the whole world is, is, is trying to, to grapple with. So um, those um, uh, arguments then would have to be factored in uh, and see whether uh, they don't sway the scale towards um, the, 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 the tempering with the bodily uh, integrity part of it. And then uh, you've also raised the issue of um, uh, religion, whether people can uh, raise uh, religion or cultural beliefs as an objection for them taking the, the vaccination. And that, that, that is true. That is well established in our labor uh, law uh, provisions or regulations. Uh, an employee may object uh, to be uh, vaccinated or on the basis of their religious uh, beliefs. Uh, it could be sometimes that the, the employee would raise uh, that there are substances within the vaccine that are prohibited in terms of her beliefs or religious tenets or fundamental teachings or sometimes cultural uh, beliefs. But however, um, when an employee raises that as, as a defense, uh, the employer then would have to assess whether that is so. Uh, in other words, test that objection uh, of its veracity and make sure that it's, it's, it's grounded and it's true. And, and on the basis of that, uh, then the process would also come uh, in that, remember, uh, the last leg that we have raised earlier is that, that has to be considered in all these scenarios is the operational requirements of, 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 of the employer's operations. So now, um, once all has been done, one, when I say all, I mean the consultation with the employee, uh, two, um, uh, the, the directive makes provision for an accommodation that has to be um, Mr. provided Keza. to the yes yes mr keza yes 
I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I uh, lost you for a second, but you can continue uh, from where you left. I just saw uh, that the, we are having some connection problem, but you can continue. Okay, okay. Where, where was I if you were to direct me so that I know where to... Well, you were talking about operational re- requirements um, that uh, one will have to, the employer will have to show that the employee and no longer no longer reach the uh, operational requirements and therefore have to go to a vaccine if i hear you well yeah all right all right fair, fair enough fair enough Mr. thank you now now once once the employer has as 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 um one consulted with the employee two um after consultation with the employee the second the second point would be to accommodate the employee once an employee has made a compelling case to say uh, because of my religious beliefs i cannot be able to be subjected to vaccination or because of my cultural practices i won't be able to take the vaccine so the employer then um, has an obligation put to him or her by the direction uh, issued by the Department of Labor. And then the directive then um, obligates the employer to, to make provision for the accommodation. Now, if uh, for whatever reason, the accommodation is not sustainable, or the fact that the empl- accommodation could mean anything, could mean that the, the employee would have to work from home, or the employee would have to make sure that he or she is uh, constantly wearing a mask, and observing all the non-medical um, um, uh, processes to protect ourselves from, from, from COVID. So if all those fail, um, then the employer would have then to subject the employee to an operational requirements um, inquiry, where the employer would have to assess whether the relationship between the employer and the employee uh, is contributing positively to the operational requirements of, 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 of the organization. And in some instances, um, the directive makes provision uh, for that the employee can be dismissed on the basis of operational requirements once all has been uh, exhausted. But the directive is very um, uh, emphatic on the, on the fact that uh, that should be a last resort. That should be a last resort. Employers are urged uh, or cautioned to uh, try and exhaust all other uh, possible uh, alternatives uh, before they resort to the, the last one of dismissal on operational requirements. All right, thank you for that substantive um, explanation. It clears a lot and it preempts some of the questions I wanted to ask in the next segment. But just to continue with just regard of the balancing of rights and the operational requirements of the employer, I want us now to picture ourselves, the employee, as I've start, when I started the show, I said, you, you, you don't report to a disciplinary hearing and now we're at the hearing i raise as the employee a defense of you shouldn't dismiss me uh, because i have a right to religion and all the rights i've mentioned bodily integrity and so forth well now i lose the the disciplinary hearing against my employer and my employer says okay because you've lost i won't fire you instead i will give you a 10 day grace period to go vaccinate well i go there and take and take the vaccination because 
probably I was lying about my underlying uh, health condition or whatsoever. My reason was not to go and vaccinate. And after I've taken the vaccine, well, I have some side effects. Probably they lead to disability or death. Can my family, my wife, um, or any person who's dependent on me, and if myself, I am disabled in one way or another, can I sue my employer for compelling me to vaccinate? Broadcasting worldwide, online, 24-7. It's Vuga Online, your inspiration radio station. station. Still listening to The Law Report with Togozane on Vuga Online. You're listening to us on www.vugaonlineradio.co.za. Join the conversation on Twitter, it's Vuga Online, or on Facebook. Our Facebook page is Vuga Online Radio. Leave your comments there. I'm sitting with Dodo Geza, who is a labor law expert, and we are discussing vaccination at the workplace. Can an employer make it mandatory for the employee to report to a vaccination center. Just before we went on an ad break, I said, well, let's say, picture ourselves we in a, a disciplinary hearing, and I've lost my hearing instead of the employer uh, dismissing me for failure to report to a vaccination center to take the vaccine. Um, he says, I will give you a warning and to remedy what you've done in the next 10 days, report to a vaccination center and take the vaccine. And I do that. And guess what? A few days later, weeks later, there are negative consequences to my body, side effects. Can I sue the employer for compelling me to vaccinate from the first place? Um, Mr. Toto. Yes, Mr. Laza, um, you are raising a very important um, a point uh, that one would have to um, consider uh, as and when you are uh, indirectly or quote unquote uh, forced to take a, a, a vaccine. Uh, but uh, coming to your question whether you can be able to sue the employer. Um, I think the drafters of the uh, policy on uh, management of uh, this pandemic, uh, COVID-19, thought about these things. And for instance, um, the state or government has established uh, what is known as VIC. Uh, VIC is an acronym for um, Vaccination Injury No-Fault Compensation Scheme, uh, VIC. Now, the purpose of this scheme is to allow for easy access to uh, compensation for persons who suffer harm, loss, or damage as a result of uh, receiving a COVID-19 vaccine. So in such an instance that we have painted, um, an employee can then approach VIC or this um, uh, scheme, uh, and then the employee would then claim um, from uh, the scheme uh, damages for whatever loss or harm the employee has suffered. Of course, there has to be um, uh, a proof that this is a genuine uh, claim, uh, veracity of the allegations made or the fact that the employee is saying now he or she is unwell because of the vaccine or to some instances where it has led to a fatal, fatal outcome 
then then uh, the family or the spouse or the children of the deceased would have um, to lay uh, such a claim to this uh, vaccination scheme so that they can be able to receive uh, compensation. But em- employers themselves would also refer uh, such a family or an employee who is in that uh, situation uh, to go to the scheme and then lodge a claim for compensation uh, for, for, for such instances. Mr. Totokeza, uh, of course, we, we, we raised uh, the thing of um, possible defenses. And when you started, you said, uh, one can say I have underlying conditions in which if I take the vaccine, it may lead to uh, severe health complications. Now, if I say that, and because there's so much hesitations towards their vaccination and the employer, feels like I'm lying. Is the employer entitled and allowed in law to appoint his own doctor to inspect me and come up with a report on whether I'm right that I have some uh, poor immune system and that's why uh, I shouldn't take the vaccine? Yes, Mr. Dadla. Look, um, I, I think earlier on we touched a bit on this aspect. Um, the fact that uh, there must be there must be a veracity uh, or a test that would uh, confirm uh, whether the point that has been raised by the employee is valid or not. Uh, however, uh, this uh, would have to be done in line with uh, the provisions of the Employment Equity Act, for instance, where the Employment Equity Act. Um, uh, uh, talks about um, when can an employee uh, be subjected to a medical test and what what are the conditions under which such an employee would have to sub- be subjected to such a medical test. So there are all other provisions from all other related um, legislation that talks to that and, and employers would then have to align themselves or, or try and be uh, in, in, in congruent with all the provisions of, of, of such a legislation which talks to uh, whether there must be a consent of the employee uh, and it, uh, outside of that consent then um, the empl- the, that, that becomes an unfair discrimination of, of some sort. However, now if you look at it from the other side, the National Health uh, Act, for instance, uh, says uh, any health care service administered to an employee also emphasizes there must be a consent. However, there are exceptions. Uh, One of the exceptions, for instance, uh, in fact, the Act uh, raises two exceptions where such a rule uh, of of consensual uh, administering of healthcare services can be waived. One is when there is uh, a law or an order of a competent court that says such an, a healthcare service must be administered. And secondly, which I think talks to what we are talking about today, is when is in instances where a failure to administer such a healthcare service would lead to a serious public health risk. Uh, where now the employers would then say, in terms of this uh, second uh, provision, uh, if we don't vaccinate, then that would lead to a public health 
a health risk sorry uh, and then they would lean towards uh, that and 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 subject uh, try and 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 reason with the employees to to be to subject themselves to uh, such a medical testing to make sure uh, that there is veracity to the uh, argument advanced by the employee on such instances speaking of testing there's so much confusion on who should pay for the vaccination is it the employee's medical aid or should it be the employer or what about those employees who are who do not fall in idia they do not have medical aid and the employer says uh, it's your house so pay for yourself who should pay exactly understanding my understanding of the law um uh, provisions on this aspect uh, mr tanta is that one uh, the state or government is 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 rolling out the program so there is no one who will be left behind if you are not under some form of medical insurance uh, then the state pays uh, for such a service so employers have no obligation in in all honesty to pay for such a service but they can uh, refer the employee to a, a test center or a vaccination site where government is offering uh, this service for free to everyone but uh, some some employees might be on medical aid and and medical aid uh, um, i think i might i'm subject to correction here because it's not my specialty but there there is some form of a minimal cost that is attached to it all right Thank you for that and you've cleared the air and if you just joined us now I'm speaking to Mr. Toto Keza is a labor law expert and the CEO of Keza Advisory Services. Mr. Toto I also want us to talk now about this pressure that is put uh, towards employees is it is it problematic and can i even have a legal remedy to an employer which has made it clear through announcement emails and notices all over the workplace that those who are not willing to vaccinate will be the first ones to be retrenched uh, when we have to retrench people so is 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 that legally allowed to say those who vaccinate we will keep them and may even give them bonuses <laughs> sorry i i i failed to unmute myself there um it's it's it this is quite an interesting topic uh, mr mr tata and it's 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 um um stimulating a discussion um wherever you are and and from to and from and people for and against uh it's 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 a, it's a nice discussion to have where you have um different schools of thoughts and motivations uh, to arrive at a particular point but i think what drives uh, the conversation uh, in my view is one there is a pandemic uh, as a country as the whole world we've never been in, in this situation in fact the whole world has never been uh, since about 100 years ago um so it's 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 a new challenge for everyone we are traversing on on waters on uncharted waters uh, if i may call it that 
Um, so it's a trial and error uh, as, as everyone is going forward. We are trying to grapple with this thing, whether it's the state, whether it's the healthcare professionals or uh, legisla legislators who are trying to set laws and rules of engagement uh, in these um, uh, circumstances that we are not familiar with. Um, so um, I think what is at the uh, center of it all is the fact that there is a public health crisis. Uh, and on the other side, there are rights or individual rights which are conferred on us by the constitution. And those rights are protected rights. Now, um, what all this wants to do is to strike a balance, a delicate balance at it, um, on the rights of individuals which are protected as against um, the public health imperative, which is put on us by the pandemic. So, so in, the, in that process, um, uh, there would be false steps, missteps, um, employers, uh, and, and when those things happen, as you have alluded to, uh, there are forums, uh, forums which are, are meant to safeguard and protect and provide remedies to those who have been uh, unfairly treated in such instances. We've got the labor courts, we've got the, uh, the CCMAs uh, and bargaining councils, which are um, the role players in, in dispute management. And if such employees who, are, who have found themselves or who believe that they have been uh, subjected to such, then they've got uh, so much protection in our, um, um, in our law uh, so that they can be able to enforce their rights and, 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 and such um, ill treatment is responded to positively um, so that they can at least have that satisfaction that they have been adjudicated upon. That is mouthful. Let's take a net break. And when we come back, I want to ask to look at the, at the interaction between POPI, Protection of Personal Information Act of 2018, with labor law. There is an inter action or intersection between the two and come back to find out how does protection of personal information act um, link with labor law strap yourself in because we're set up switched on and ready to go VUGA online into the law report with Togozani on Vuga Online Radio. And with me today, I'm with uh, Mr. Toto Geza, CEO of Geza Advisory Services. He's the labor law expert and who's been in the field for years and years. And he's helping us unpack the confusion, the conspiracy, separating the facts from the myths. But now I want us to look at the intersection between the Protection of Personal Information Act as well as the labor laws. I've heard someone I work with uh, saying to me, I want to go to vaccinate, but I don't want to give away my personal details because I believe the government will use such information for untrue, you know, and uh, two ways, if I may put it just uh, like that. He mentioned to me, which sounded a little bit like conspiracy, he said they will track me and all that. I want to vaccinate, but I don't want to give my personal information to the government. It's his reason. But it, it, is that a valid ground also not to take the vaccine, Mr. Dodd? 
Oh, Mr. Uh, I don't, I don't think that that could be considered a, a valid ground at all. Uh, the Poppy Act or Popia, as it's often referred to, uh, makes provision for uh, employers or any organization, for for that matter, uh, that manages a personal information uh, on how such information must be managed, uh, can be accessed, and how it can be uh, uh, protected. And, and any organization that has that uh, personal information, which then misuses it for any other reason except the one that was consented for. In terms of the act, there are consequences for that. There are penalties that are punishable by law, um, uh, fines even sometimes to even uh, one found to be criminal liable. So, so um, if an employee then raises that, I think the employers has, have an obligation to assist the employee to understand uh, all these provisions that are there, which are protecting um, uh, employees on very valuable resource that they have, which is their personal information. So I think uh, under those circumstances, uh, I would think employers would have an obligation to uh, create an awareness uh, around the provisions of how the employees are protected by law under those instances. Well, I must say it feels and I've went through the experience of disclosing my past medical history to an HR officer. It's just not so enlightening and comfortable as if I'm speaking to a medical health expert or someone who works for the health department. So I understand that, you know, how employees a frustration is coming about um, having to disclose your past medical um, history to someone who's not a medical expert and maybe that's where the the hesitation towards opening up is coming from um look uh, uh, no i i understand where you're coming from mr and i respect that um, um health information is private information and, and sometimes as much as we, we may like in an ideal world to assume um, that we are all uh, keeping to the nuances of um, protecting or behaving in a manner that is expected of us to behave, sometimes it doesn't happen like that. So, so, so the fears and the concerns uh, might be genuine, um, but um, in the absence of uh, any... Uh, we, we, we're trying to balance... Uh, those concerns with the imperative uh, that is on all of us that employees must be vaccinated if there is an operational risk um, not only to the employees themselves within the organization but also to those people who access such an, a, a workplace maybe clients or, or customers um, so, so, so um, when all that is said and done um, I think it, we've got safety checks in our systems uh, and, and, and I would urge such employees um, to uh, test those safety checks if they do work and if they, they feel that they are not uh, protecting them, then there are also other legal remedies that they can um, uh, pursue. Uh, lodge um, uh, formal uh, processes, disputes uh, along those lines and see uh, if those people 
then can't be um, held accountable for such misdemeanors, which which I must say uh, always leave a sour taste on the mouth uh, in many instances. You're still listening to Vuga Online Radio on www.vugaonlineradio.co.za and my name is Togozani and I will be with you uh, every time this uh, time uh, it's time for the rights of the law and stuff like that and we're talking everything regarding the law and clearing the air, differentiating the facts, the law and the myths. I want us now to talk about balancing. I like what you've just said about employees who interact with clients, with customers. Well, that's where I want us to go right now. Can one really say, because I work alone in an office, I interact with my family and come to work, lock myself from eight o'clock to one, go on lunch and I come back, lock myself again. Therefore, I don't act um, in this position or interact with the public. So therefore, I don't want to take the vaccine. Is that a valid ground? It might be a personal view that a person holds. Um, but if, if, if um, an organization from an umbrella uh, point of view um, says that uh, remember sometimes perception is power Uh, some uh, uh, clients or any other person uh, once such information uh, filters through that um, some employees uh, choose not to vaccinate because or or whatever whatever reason some employees within that particular organization are not vaccinated Uh, that might be negative information that comes or, or uh, that, that flows from that organization and that is that probably could be uh, damaging to the reputation of the organization so um, the, there's lots of issues that one would have to consider uh, but if if there is a policy that says um, there must be mandatory vaccination and that policy is informed by a risk assessment of course during that assessment my assumption would be that such employees as the one you have alluded to in your uh, illustration might not necessarily be uh, expected to be forced to vaccinate because in terms of the inherent requirements of their job uh, they are not necessarily exposed or in a risk of interfacing with lots of um, uh, clients or, or, or customers so the assessment would have then um, highlighted them to be on a medium to low risk and therefore there is no need for man- mandatory but uh, vaccination would be out of uh, out of choice uh, because i think the purpose of the assessment is to exactly do that to 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 highlight or lift up those um, uh, divisions within that organization that are inherently uh, interfacing with with the public or there's a number of people who are in that particular space and therefore there is high risk of infection or, or, or passing through uh, the, 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 the vaccine to, to, to and that might compromise uh, the operations of the organization. So I think in those instances, uh, such employees might have been uh, absorbed by the assessment um, of the risk uh, in the from from the from the onset yes yes you've heard it yourself if you're a teacher a policeman a traffic officer a receptionist and you 
obviously interact with us members of the public we are most likely to be the first one in the queue <laughs> that's great news but of course as he said there's balancing you look at inherent requirement of the job as well as the risk assessment that will be undertaken in each and every uh, employment workplace look now i want us to look at some of the concerns regarding how COVID-19 vaccine came about. I've heard people saying, how come a whole virus, which has been described as a pandemic because it was faced all over the world, get to come up with a vaccine within a year, whereas for the HIV, it took decades and decades for the ARVs to come about. And those are some of the defenses which people are placing their doubts on for not taking the the vaccine. What would you say yourself to someone who says it was just too quick for them to make the vaccine? I don't trust it. Well, if that question was to be posed to me, um, I might leave that to the experts. (laughs) I think the healthcare experts might be the ones who might be able to respond uh, appropriately to that. Uh, Mine, um, I think my line of work allows me only to see whether um, the presence of that vaccine doesn't uh, unfairly discriminate or expose employees to a a vulnerable point wherein they might lose their livelihoods uh, because of being forced uh, with no assessment or with no consideration of of their um, uh, health, their religious beliefs or cultural beliefs. I think that would be my my line of 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 think of thoughts because uh, that's 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 what I do on a daily daily basis. But the fact that uh, the time it took to um, come up with the vaccine and whether it's it's trustworthy or it, it's reliable, reliable, I think uh, I, I, would, I would plead the Fifth Amendment, as the Americans would say, and allow that to be considered by the healthcare experts, Mr. Lal. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Keza, for being with us uh, for this one hour of speaking about the law, the rules, and all stuff related to vaccination at the workplace. It's been nice having you, and you've clarified a lot of questions in which we had a lot of confusion about and hesitations uh, because there's so much put online on the internet, and we don't know what is true and what the what's the what are the legal positions uh, to many questions i've asked today you've clarified for us that the employer has a legal obligation to make the workplace safe and that was interesting to me from uh, today's show and also the intersection between uh, protection of personal information act as well as labor laws as well as the legal defenses which one can hold water and which one you shouldn't even attempt to raise at your disciplinary hearing because if you do you will just lose that case and get yourself fired so for those who have been chanting i won't vaccinate i won't vaccinate i won't vaccinate well think about it and throw some mind map whereby you look and differentiate what is true, what are facts, what are lies, what are myths, what does the law say, and what does my employer's policy say. 
do not put your job at risk. But uh, I wouldn't say Mr. Dotokeza should tell us whether he took the vaccine and whether he advises people to take the vaccine or not, because that may be, and one will say, I'm forcing people or kind of influencing people as these days they call them vaccination influencers. I don't want him to be that person, but I want him to share where can people who want his legal uh, advisory services go his website email address where they can post questions and say goodbye to our listeners uh, thank you mr Lala. Uh, i'm happy you are not asking me to disclose <laughs> i don't necessarily also want to influence people uh, this way or that way uh, otherwise, I appreciated the session myself. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, if uh, there's anyone who wants to um, chat or ask or seek clarity on some of the issues we talked about, uh, I'm reachable um, on uh, 082-314-7788. Uh, you, uh, you can drop us also email on at gmail.com. Uh, or you can follow uh, our Facebook page or Gaza Advisory Services on Facebook. Um, you, the consultants or people who are always willing to, to assist as and when there is a need to do so. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciated the, the session myself. This was The Law Report with Tozano on Vuga Online Radio. Listen to us again next week, same time, same places. www.vugaonlineradio.co.za And I'm Tozano, I'm out of here. Till we meet again where we discuss the law, the rules, your rights, your obligations, stuff like that. Again, on Vuga Online, we inspire you and feed you with knowledge. I'm out.